0: Chapter One, Rock Village. The land of Helm was home to vast forest, a stretching greenery from coast to coast. It was home to the rummaging boulder bears on the ground and the blue-tailed bellows in the skies. The dense covering of oak was speckled with the works of man. The capital of this region lay to the north, a castle to overlook the surroundings, while scattering villages and townships lay to the south. This story begins along the eastern coast in a place marked by a tower taller than any structure for miles. At the top of this tower, within a sealed chamber, there was a jewel that illuminated the skies. This object, the Great Stella, would blanket the clouds in a glimmering glow and cast a gentle orange across the treetops. This place was known as Rock Village. More specifically, this story begins just outside of the village stables on a narrow, dirt path leading towards the local logging mill. A boy by the name of Ardius was entranced by the sight of a dead animal laying on the road He could not force his eyes away from the minor tragedy. Its lower half had been destroyed by a passing merchant buggy. Insects were beginning to surround the poor creature while Ardeus pondered what could be done. All of the hunting techniques that his father showed him came to mind. The hide could be used to sheath a blade. The bones could be fashioned into other tools or accessories. None of that would be adequate, he thought. Not for this creature. This was not a usual game kill or success of any sort. This was Whitby, the local hound. Whitby would follow him home after a day of working on the mill with his father. During the day, taking a break from cutting and processing lumber, Ardius would sit by the river and skip stones off the surface of the water between bits of his meal. The bank was littered with smooth, black stones that were perfect for testing his throw. There were times when Whitby would come sit next to him. Ardius would offer him a bite of his porridge, and the two would look out onto the currents of the river and talk about what polluted their minds. The conversations were heavily one-sided, of course, but Ardius adored those moments nonetheless. The boy gathered up a pile of the skipping stones and tore a stretch of cloth from his tunic, wrapping Whitby with careful precision. He carried the two bundles down to the riverside. He had already finished his work at the mill, but his father wouldn't be done until the sun had long been set. He was in no rush to head home. Don't worry, Whitby, Ardia said silently to the heap in his arms. You'll get to see the river one last time. The sun bounced from the surface of the water even more elegantly than the boy's stone throws. The mixture of squeaking oak branches and the evening breeze and the chirps of local bellows created a symphony that soothed Artius's hands while he dug. After lowering the dog into the hole and coating him in a thick layer of dirt, he scratched some words into a boulder that he placed at the head of the grave. He plopped down next to the grave and stared down into the distance. The inscription read, My Friend. As Ardius sat on the riverbank, he wondered who would be willing to listen to him now. Within the gates of the village, there was a different environment. Despite it being the latter half of the day, the villagers were still busy at work. Customers came and went from the indoor shops, blacksmiths were still not finished at their fires, and a blend of merchants and performers coated the village center. Rock did not always look like this, however. The locals had noticed a sudden influx of traveling merchants and other passerby. On this day, their activities were keeping the village lively. There was a constant chatter, laughter, and shouts throughout the crowds. At one of the buggies stationed in the center, a broad young man raised his voice. You heard me. Let me take the blade off your hands. I got fifty pieces. The boy had wide shoulders and a gruff voice. This is a full tang, solid bargerian steel blade. Not many like it. You'd be lucky if I even let you take a peek at it for fifty measly pieces. The salesman's cart was stocked full of weapons and the like. Hanging from the top shelf were curved blades, straight blades, long blades, and short blades. Tapestries were hung from each side of the vehicle to display the sigil of his company. Tags of his items were ranging from 250 to 1,500 pieces. The boy had attempted to haggle some of the other traveling merchants, but the majority of them seemed to be of the same convoy because they had matching garb, and they all spoke little of their tongue. This man, however, was at the verge of popping, or so the boy thought. "'You're looking at Rainier Rock, first of his name,' he slammed his fist to the wood of the buggy. "'I'll run this place one day,' Kicking out the business of bunk merchants like yourself. The man rolled his eyes and began pushing the cart further down the pathway. Noticing him calling his bluff, Rainier said, Please, sir. Halting once more, the man smirked and said, I'll tell you what. He whipped a steel blade from behind inside the buggy. The price tag read a 130 pieces. This here I call the Spicali blade. Found it at the sea floor ways east of here, I did. He handed it over to the young rock and pointed to an area away from the trading post. You land a blow through one of them dummies over there, and the blade is yours for fifty pieces. You fail or falter at all, your money's mine. The area to which he pointed was a training ground for blade and bow. It was populated by oaken dummies that were scarred from various combat. A smile crept up Renu's grimace. He took the sword, waving it back and forth to feel the weight and balance of the weapon in his hands. He gave a smooth stroke across the sword's edge. His smirk stretched further as he darted towards the wooden figure he yelled a hearty yell and swung the sword with such force at the target that it cut it in two with one clean pass. The veins in his arms bulged after the rush of adrenaline. When he returned in a heavy breath, Rainier slapped his fifty pieces onto the counter of the buggy. The blade's mine. The man's eyes were wide at the sight of the young brute. He took the payment and in turn handed over the blade. As the cart started to move and the man headed back in the direction from where he came, Rainier shouted, wait, what of the scabbard? He held a naked sword. "'Twas no mention of a scabbard in our deal, lad,' he laughed and continued on his way. Rainier's muscles bulged along his limbs, his teeth clenched, and he gripped the hilt of the weapon with all of his strength. Bunky merchants, he puffed. Rainier turned towards the remaining merchants to see what more could be attained as a sullen ardeus was passing behind him. Jerking in the direction of the trade center, Rainier's shoulders bumped into the smaller boy, knocking him nearly to the ground. "'Watch your step,' Rainier commanded." Rock Village was rather small in comparison to those among the rest of the province, so the boys were quite familiar with one another. Without a word, Ardeus regained his balance and continued to where he was heading. Stop, Rainier shouted. Give me a look at that thing in your hand. Rainier snatched the shortbow from the young boy's grasp. Rainier, please, Ardeus began. A bit of twine along a splintering stick, Rainier scoffed. What do you plan with this... toy? It's my bow, Rainier. I'm going to practice. Practice? For a battle? He examined the weapon even closer, holding it right up to his face. You're better off learning to clean a chicken. Be more helpful that way. Ardius reached for the bow once, twice, three times, but Rainier held it out of the boy's reach. Better yet, stick to cutting the wood with your lowly father. Arteus's blood boiled. I'm going to protect our home, he grumbled. I love rock just as much as you do. Ha! <laughs> he laughed. Me and my parents could watch over this place with no help from you, wizards, or anyone else. He tossed the bow at Ardeus' feet. You know that isn't true, Rainier. He picked up his weapon and backed away. We all have our weaknesses. And people like you are weak in all ways. Get lost. Rainier turned his back to the boy and marched off into the bustling crowd. Ardis gave a sigh. He was pleased to see his bow left unharmed. He made his way past the smith's forge and past all the cottages to the easternmost perimeter wall. Here, he set down his things and searched for an opening he had created. A hole in the wall just a couple feet tall, tall enough to squeeze him and his things through. Ardius knew that Rainier was right. If there was an attack upon the village, he would be better off huddled with the children in safety or cooking meals to support the heroes. He was no fighter. Rainier's lucky, Ardius thought. He had a mother and a father who were two of the strongest warriors in the realm. Rainier was a prodigy destined to wield the largest blades and the most impenetrable armor. He found the opening and exited the village through his secret route. The surrounding forest was deadly. Arteus was constantly reminded by his father of that. But it was his only chance to train in solitude. Not far from the wall, through a dense track of trees and brush, Arteus arrived at his training ground. He had fashioned his own dummies out of straw, twigs, and whatever else he could find within the vicinity. The wooden dummies in the village were too difficult to pierce with the arrows he had made. Arteus had no money and no access to medals of any sort. He had his knife strapped to his boot and a handful of arrows equipped with sharp rocks to serve as a head. That was all. They couldn't break through wood, but his dummies were perfect. He would come out to this grove every chance he got to work on his aim. Over and over, he would draw the bow, loose the arrow, and repeat until it was too dark to stay outside of the wall. There was much more to worry about than wild animals after the sun sets. Twing, twing, twing. Ardeus managed to land three blows to the head of his target. He threw his hands to the air, woohoo! and then sped to retrieve the ammunition. The distance was about fifty feet today, nearly double what he had shot the week prior. He sat for a short break atop a nearby stump. Small insects gathered to be in his company. The caterpillars tickled his hands as he let them trickle onto them. Whitby's gone, he said quietly. All of the bugs seemed to settle down. He must have been crossing the road when a passing buggy rolled over him. A tear rolled down his cheek. I laid him at our spot by the water. Suddenly, Ardius was silenced by a wet, guttural sound coming from outside of the grove. It was not uncommon to hear such a thing. The sun was beginning to set. He recognized the sound to be an angered boar. He never had one intrude upon his session, but he had considered going out to catch one. That would be a true test of his skill. What paused the consideration was always the question of whether his arrows would puncture the flesh of a boar. He knew it would be softer than the wood dummies back home, but would his sharpened stone arrowheads be enough to wound an animal? He questioned this time and time again, and he always decided against the attempt, but today, he was feeling more confident, despite his run-in with Rainier. The answer today was yes. As he peeked through the trees, out into the wild, around his training ground, he pushed all the second thoughts from his head. How will I carry the body back home? What if it charges me? My melee skills still are not very strong. What if it's not a boar, but something worse? What if the boar has a family? Does the boar deserve to die? What if he has a child? He pushed all the thoughts from his head and took a step out into the unknown. Silent were his steps. Avoiding each crunchy leaf and bending branch, he moved with stealth. The uproar from the animal continued down the pathway. He was getting closer. He gripped his bow tight to his hand, and an arrow was taken from the quiver. Each step sent another bead of cold sweat down his forehead. The sound was louder than ever now. Out from behind a row of bushes, he caught a glimpse of the creature. It was walking rather slowly and glancing from side to side as if it knew it was being stalked. Artius thought it had almost looked afraid. He had made sure to make no sound or give any sign of his presence. He drew the arrow as soon as the animal was standing clear in his vision. Closing one eye, he locked onto the target. Just one more muscle. That's all it would take to release the arrow. That's all it would take. Now! Arteus, he thought, do it now! He let down his aim, and the boar began to move farther away. Arteus held his breath picked the bow up for one more aim, drew back the string, and held his breath. Just then, another sound bounced off of the trees. It was a sort of chuckle, a deep, continuous laughter that caused the boar to let out another guttural <coughs> and run for escape. Ardius noticed that the sun was nearly set. The leaves of the trees were no longer glimmering with sunlight, and the forest around him grew dark. He whipped back around, giving little attention to the crunching leaves below him or noisy, swinging branches. He sprinted for the grove, Sweat covering his face now. The arrows bounced around in the quiver as he ran. Just before he reached the opening, his foot was grabbed by something below. A sharp pain ignited his ankle. He clawed at what looked like a circle of wooden stakes that were clasped around his appendage. A trap! The laughter continued. Arteus reached for his knife, but it slipped from his clammy hands. Ah! He screamed. The trees were now black, and a faint light of a torch was coming closer. Blood trickled down his boot and glossed his foot. He pulled and pulled, but the trap was not coming loose. As the light quickly approached, the boar burst out of a nearby bush and began violently picking at the wooden clasp with his tusks. He noticed the figure was dangerously close. Glancing up at Ardius, terror filled his eyes. He let out another, <coughs> and bashed the trap into pieces, freeing the boy's leg. Without daring to look back, Ardius dashed to the opening of the wall, past his training dummies and past the line of trees, hobbling to the left as he did so. His heart was bouncing around his ribcage, and his tunic was covered in a layer of sweat, but the voice behind him slowly faded back into the darkness. Arteus ran and ran, until finally diving back into the village through the wall. He was safe. Nighttime had fallen, but Rock Village was the safest place he could be at such a time. Disappointment, embarrassment, and countless questions circled his mind as he limped down the road towards his home. He still didn't know if the arrows could wound an animal, but... That was the last thing on his mind after the animal he intended to kill was, in the end, his savior. There were beings within those woods that were more of a threat than any animal. That was Arteus' first encounter with something malicious. I wonder if he made it to safety, Ardius asked his silent surroundings, referring to the boar. The laughter rang in his ears. He knew stories of men in the woods who were poachers, but not just of animals, of nearly anything that had wandered those parts. The pain in his ankle had subsided a bit by the time he reached the front door. Inside the cottage was an assortment of tools, gadgets, and other equipment that his father used at work. They were all topped with a layer of sawdust and wood scraps. The pot of porridge from the morning was still sitting on the stove top, but the fire had long gone and the meal was cold. Plopping down on his cot, Arteus began to wrap his wound. There were six long gashes along his ankle and lower leg. The object he stepped on must have been a sort of grabbing mechanism, similar to a bear trap, but constructed with sharpened stakes that locked into his flesh. He cleaned the cuts thoroughly with water and dressed it in a roll of cloth. His father was still not home from work. Ardius normally worked with him in the morning. He would offer to stay so that the job could get done faster, but he was never allowed. The remaining work involved sending large logs through a spinning blade and finishing the wood pieces before packing them for storage. Ardius was much too weak for the lifting required. He saw himself as more of a burden than an assistant. After a wash, the boy lay in his room, The silent, cool air sent him into a deep sleep. His father arrived shortly after, covered in a dust similar to that of the tools scattered across the room.